This episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast is sponsored by our podcast prospecting program, where you use a podcast like this one to easily connect with your strategic partners and prospects, opening up new relationships that lead to new business. The best part is all you have to do is show up and talk. We do all the rest. To find out if this is a fit for you, go to unstoppableceo.net and click the book a call button to schedule a quick 20-minute intro call. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we've got an amazing interview for you coming all the way from London, England. I'm talking today with Chris Ross. He's one of the world's leading experts on high-performance sales teams, and he's the creator of the sales industry's first privately owned, nationally accredited program. And uh, as we were talking about just before we got started, uh, he looks at all of that as being in the rearview mirror for him because his big passion right now is building a media company. And, uh, and we're really going to focus on that today. I can't wait to, to learn more about it. Um, Chris is uh, is the guy behind the top-ranked podcast, The Win-Win Effect and Winject Radio. The, they've reached more than a million downloads in the first year, which is phenomenally amazing. And uh, I'm excited to learn more. So Chris, welcome to The Unstoppable CEO. Steve, I really appreciate the kind introduction and your time as well for obviously in, inviting me on the show. And I look forward to you know, make an impact with your many listeners. And I've, I've actually emerged myself in some of the, your content and some of your show. And I really, and I, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. So I, I like a lot of the messaging and what you're bringing to the marketplace when the podcasting game and hearing CEOs and their messages behind what's actually drives them. I love that. So thank you so much for having me on. And I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I just want to give everybody a little bit of context about you and your background. You've done- sure. So many amazing things. Give us a little bit of a, a snapshot for how you got to the stage of your career. Ooh, loaded question, right? Starting off, right? So yeah. um, to give everyone a little bit of context on who I am and how I got here, I guess you would say, um, a lot of great things have happened to me, but I believe that everybody in life and wherever they are currently, they're a complete reflection of the decisions and choices they made up until that present moment. And the present moment's a gift. And that's some of the things that I had to discover over the years in my journey. And yes, and from the outside looking in, it looks like, wow, overnight success. <laughs> right? Like, ah, this guy's done so much. He's only 39 or whatever that might be. It's their own opinion. But the way I look at it, it's been a, it's been a hard grind. Um, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina originally. Um, my older sister was born handicapped. And I, she passed away when I was 15 years old. And it, it, it was really difficult, but I learned through time and, and later on in life that that was there for me as a gift because that's where I really honed in on my craft and was exposed to increasing my emotional intelligence. And back then, they didn't really know how to really grade emotional intelligence. And I took my experiences from her of communicating non-verbally because she couldn't speak, she couldn't walk, she couldn't talk. But I could communicate with her non-verbally and knowing what she needed for me, you know, from me. Um, and that's where I d really developed a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, when I went, uh, graduated high school, played ba um, baseball, football, box forever. I was highly active. I was one of those types of people. They're just always like running and moving and always outside is different now in this world. <laughs> right? People being outside. Went to the Navy, learned a lot of great core values, leadership especially. I built my whole businesses off the core values that I learned in the Navy, um, honor, courage, commitment. People say that, you know, that's great. Um, it, put that on a t-shirt, but I actually, I live and die by those core values. Um, 
next thing I went to graduated from Clemson university, um, chemical engineer, not a chemical engineer. Um, didn't know really what to do with myself. And then something happened and it was a, it changed the trajectory of my life. I found my purpose in life when I went to education sales. So I was one of the top recruiters in the nation, speaking on stage, meeting some big names and a big, huge social media boom happened. Boom. When Facebook bought Instagram, all these guys from Legion from trade schools, they went to like online space and started building out their courses. Well, that's where I spent a lot of time with general counsel, you know, attorney generals and, and knowing what you can say and what you can't say when it pertains to compliance. That's big because everyone, and we live in a world right now, anyone can call themselves anything they want to call themselves. But it's the ones that have substance and value, true value behind them that make an impact. And that's something I learned from great mentors. The way I look at it, Steve, I'm a shared legacy of everybody I've ever been in contact with, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. I took my toe and went right over the line and I kind of plunged into entrepreneurship off of great success and, and obviously earning you know, really good amount of money with, you know, commissions and whatnot. I was producing over a million dollars of revenue for each company. And I had seven contracts at the time. Then I said, to hell with it. Let's go back to what I'm good at and building programs. So I built those two programs, sold those to the trade school, 60 corporations in February last year, um, made more money in the first part of the year I've ever made in my life. But I, I learned from great people on investing. So that's kind of led me to, you know, with the Win-win effect, me launching that out. It was my introduction of my personal brand, I guess you would say. People have known of me and heard of me for years, and especially in the trade school world. I mean, if for the listeners, give them a little bit more context behind it. If you've been called by a trade school in the last 10 years, it's a good chance I wrote that script. That's how I've been in this game for a long time, especially when it comes to education sales. Totally different game. Obviously, now with Winject Studios, Winject Inc., and all the things that I'm doing, but I know it's more of a long-winded type of one, but it's kind of like a snapshot because it's kind of hard to kind of say, all right, Steve, here's where I'm at, but there's, there's been a long journey of this process. Yeah, well, I think the journey is always really informative. It, I think it helps, helps me certainly know you better, and it helps the listener understand you know, here's a guy who has been through it. He didn't just show up today and say that he knows some stuff. You know, you've got this depth of, of experience and knowledge that, that you're bringing with you. So I, I want to really dive into the, the Winject Studios and, and sure. uh, your podcast, The Win-Win Effect. I highly recommend it. Had some amazing guests um, and some some really deep conversations too. And, um, and that's one of the, the things that I really appreciate about what you're doing there is you're getting beyond just the surface level that, you know, a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. are not that deep, but you're really kind of getting into the meat of it, uh, which I think is great. So uh, I, I'd love to just sort of start by hearing your overall thinking on media and podcasting and all of that. And what, what attracted you to it? Well, I've, a lot of things, to be honest, I, I've always been fascinated with broadcasting and production and media. I've always, like, like I mentioned before, I've always been a guy behind the company making things work. So behind the scenes and pulling some strings and building out programs, products and services. I've, I've been, I've done a lot of work with people doing voiceover stuff of my content there. <laughs> they do a lot of rebranding, but I wrote that script and I wrote the content and I put the curriculum all together for the, you know, the trade school. So that was my first kind of introduction to broadcasting and media and how all that works behind the scenes. Um, then I got involved with, you know, of course, launching the win-win effect. 
I started to realize, and, and maybe it's just the way that my mind works. I don't know. I look at things backwards than most people. I think it's because I'm an engineer at heart. Because I, I was even a kid back, back in the day would take things apart and put it back together. I always want to know how things worked. And if I can figure out how it worked, I can reverse engineer it and building something better. And that's what I've always done. So when I look at podcasting, I'm built for this. Like you mentioned, and, and thank you for the kind words, that's the whole point behind the win-win effect. That's what I do for a living. It's I make an impact. It's one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome. That's success in my opinion. Everyone's got to eat. Everyone's got to win. And I look to make impact, not to make money. So that's where the win-win effect comes from is making, taking that, making that shift and living an abundant lifestyle, not just abundant mindset. Like I want the best from, for everybody. I want them to do better than me. But most people don't really, they might say that because it sounds great. Steve, but they don't really live it. But my actions show that more through my intention. So when I'm interviewing guests now on the win-win effect, I started to notice in the marketplace, they're like, wow, get a lot of great downloads. You're, you're blowing it up. We actually broke over that 2 million mark in downloads on all the streams, which was just, it, it blows me away, Steve. Where I think it comes from is me being able to break through the, the layers of someone and not really talking about the shiny objects, talking like how to, not just how you got here, but let's walk through some pivotal moments in your time and in your journey. And that's what I really wanted to like pull out of the listeners for, well, pull out of the guests for the listeners because they, sh- they, they show up, they were here because of you, Steve, this is your show. They, they stay here because you're bringing on phenomenal guests. And I look at it that way with podcasting. So with the networks and me trying to build something out that way, I'm trying to bring something to the marketplace that networks aren't doing. So it's kind of hard for me to say, oh, is it a network? Be like, yeah, kind of, but it's more of a community because that's the engine that's going to drive it. So I hope that kind of helps. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, we've seen this explosion of, of podcasts. You've got Joe Rogan that's doing, you know, mm-hmm. three hour episodes and getting paid a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like just within humanity, there is this, there's this sort of great longing for the return of depth. Yes. You know? uh, because we've been doing all these little bite-sized snacks of, of information and thinking. Like, give me more, give me more, give me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there seems to be a growing appetite for it. Um, it just That's just been my observation with it. Uh, some of the, the, the most impactful things that we've done haven't been the, thing, the times we've talked about a, a tactic, but it's when we've really gotten into to, to mindset and, and yes, uh, going yeah. deep. And it's funny because we were talking about one of your recent episodes and uh, that and I've listened to a bunch of them, but the one that jumps out at me is the, this recent one uh, that you did on, uh, on transforming you know, your, your results into the behaviors, into the mindsets that, that are going to mm-hmm. you know, drive that. Um, which was definitely not surface level. So, um, you know, so that, anyway. that conversation was impactful for me because it, you know, just like how you approach your show. And I love that about you. You don't ask the same frame of questioning to get to the core and the root, which you, what I did was right at the beginning. I think you're talking about Mark Sacosta Rubio and he's a friend of mine and he's a mentor. He's mentored some major players. I mean, he's got a, he had a billionaire write a book about him. Okay. So that kind of tells you a little bit more a little bit context than who he is. And I'm not trying to, like name drop. It's not about that. It's about what he does for people and the impact that he makes. We started off the call. And if I remember from my, my mind, they started off the call and I said something about cause and effect and we went right in. 
Yeah, and that, that was really it. It so- sounded planned, but but uh, it wasn't planned at all. I was just <laughs> like, I don't know, like cause and effect. And he's like, don't we all live in this world? I'm like, of course we do. And then the conversation just went right in. That's and awesome. I, I, I was blessed to have that conversation to get to catch it on camera because you hear a lot of people talking about these things, but not really understanding the psychology and the biology and how your human brain works. Like even uh, I was speaking to another interview I just did, and I'm not sure if it came out just yet. My production team's probably putting it together, but um, it's a PhD, Shannon Connery. And maybe it did launch. It launched on Monday. She is a trauma specialist. She deals with people that go through traumatic experiences and really dissecting and breaking that down for someone. And I mentioned to her that pain and all this and, and, and adversity, it's, none of it's real. Like suffering isn't real. It's an illusion. The only thing that matters is right now. Your past doesn't matter. Your future doesn't matter. But the only thing it will change is what you do with your thoughts. You can't control your thoughts, but you can direct them into a positive outlet and have a different action and change it in the trajectory of your life. Anyone can make a decision right now to change their life. They say, oh, it's easy to say that when you have money, or it's easy to say that, you know, of course it yeah, might be, but it's, like I said, I started off the call saying, I'm a complete reflection of the decisions and choices I've made up into this present moment. But those decisions and choices were difficult sometimes. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, <laughs> okay? I mean, I've been in situations where I thought I was going to lose it all. And, and you get to like, kind of like, a, what was it? It was an old movie back in the day. It was a Bull Durham. And he's talking about breathing. She was like teaching him how to pitch. And you got to breathe through your eyelids. I took that saying from it. You got to breathe through your eyelids in entrepreneurship. It's difficult. <laughs> it, it, it will, it, when you're making major investments and you're putting, you're, it's not just my life is going to be affected. It's the people that are involved with the business. I have over 200 something employees. You know, like that's their livelihood. That's their families. That's their community. That, that, that's, I put that into my way of thinking when I'm approaching situations. I, I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family. I owe it to the people I come in contact with. I also owe it to the communities of the people that I, they're employed by me. And that's a hard thing for entrepreneurs. And when entrepreneurs lose sight of that and lose that, the why behind everything, then that's when they start unraveling. I think it makes everything much, much harder because yeah, you are going to go through those times when you're going to suffer, you mm-hmm. know, and if you don't know why you're doing it, it's really hard to persevere through it. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you, you've launched this, this, uh, network and mm-hmm. you're kind of getting into the, the media business. Um, what, what's the real driver behind it? I know you've had this curiosity, but what, what's the ultimate goal? What are you trying to create? I'm trying to create a community of Raven fans of all the other podcasts on the network. And a lot of people, they're starting a podcast right now for a multitude of reasons. And the biggest reason right now is because everyone is doing it because of what's happened in the world. People can consume content by audio or video, however they consume content, but they don't have a clear, concise vision of what they're trying to accomplish. They don't have a game plan. All they're doing is they're jumping on here and they're thinking they're having impactful conversations, but they're only getting surface level. What I want to do is I want to build a community and teach people how to really ask the frame of questionings to get to the core and the root of what really drives their guest. I meet a lot of hosts and I've been on a lot of shows recently because I'm trying to promote Winject Studios. And I've noticed that some of the hosts 
they'll ask me a question, but not do a rebuttal like you're doing and, and actually comment on what I just said and just move on to the next question. And that's a huge opportunity they just missed because it's not about what I said. It's what I didn't say for the host to really dig into that. And that's what the listeners going to really understand, especially when they're doing a lot of promotions in their show, which it can be highly effective, but you know, you have to learn how to leverage those pieces in segments of your show. And that's important for people. So that's what I really want overall. That's why I'm doing it. Cause I've always been the guy that walked into a company, <laughs> Steve, and was like, why do we, why are you guys doing it this way? And they'll go, we always done it that way. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is why I'm here now. Like, who are you? I'm like, I'm the guy that gets things done. This is what I do, right? But I ask here, questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, all I do is ask questions. Like, what? So, walk me through your process. What? What about your process? Do you like? Do you not like? Do you not think it's effective for you in your daily operations? And I do the same thing in every conversation. I'm just doing it now as as a podcast network. And it's hard for me to say network because all these net podcast networks out there are starting networks, but are doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm doing it for the reason of helping the host turn into a powerhouse. And that's what the whole idea behind it. Yeah. I think for most of them, at least as I've observed, they're hoping to build out a big audience, which is great, Mm -hmm. but they want to monetize it through ads. And eventually, you know, most media is going to get monetized that way anyway. But I think you've got to start it first with, how are we going to have really impactful conversations that people want to listen to? Because if you don't have that, you don't have any monetization. Right. If they are also trying to do too much on the show, mm-hmm. like sometimes less is more. And, and I'll kind of like elaborate just a little bit on, on what that means. They don't have, they don't have a format of when they're really digging in or if they're, if they have maybe uh, some bullet points, they want to bring out a guest. Like when I, even when I go on shows, Steve, I emerge myself into that host and the, in their content. And I want to know how they, how they normally would ask questions. Not that I want to manipulate the conversation at all. I want to be able to understand, okay, this is where they're, they like to talk about. So I'm going to start dropping some things as I'm having a conversation to not stroke their ego, but get them a little bit more open to and creating an environment for us to have a really impactful conversation and really enjoy ourselves because they put too much pressure on themselves. And that's what I mean by less is more. Take, take less of an of, of approach of going, I need to ask this question to get this thing done. <laughs> like, relax, man. Just, just go with the conversation. That's what they want to hear. You know, I, and I think a lot of, cause we've, you know, we've coached, um, so many clients through this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle with that at first because they're they're not quite confident, you yeah. know, when they first get started and and they're nervous. And so having some guide rails at the beginning is helpful, but it's sort of like training wheels when you're learning to ride a bike. The sooner you get them off, the more fun you're gonna have. Right. You gotta you gotta put in the work. You just gotta put yeah. in your reps. You put in your reps. I mean, I have always been this confident. I was a kid when I grew up and, and even when like public speaking was difficult, I can speak on stage with 50,000 people and I, w- I wouldn't even blink. I would just be fine. It'd be normal. I'm, but that's about shedding layers and getting to my true essence of myself and knowing my talents. I know my skills. I'm not a guy that tries to do too much in a business. I know where my zone of genius is and I'm going to stay over here. I fly planes. I don't land them. I can, I know how to do it, but my time is best well served doing this over here. So I need to 
train my staff and give them, equip them and give them the right tools they need to put them in a position to win. That's my job as a CEO. Put people in a position to win every day. If I don't do that, I'm failing them, failing my buyers. I'm failing prospective students, failing the communities. I'm failing everything involved. So that's how, that's how much, I wouldn't say pressure I put onto myself, but I like that type of pressure. And that's what I, when I meet really successful entrepreneurs and I met some, I met some billionaires and I've, they have the same way of going about doing things. It's the same system. It's the same protocol. It's the same, you know, ways they handle certainty. Of course, you take the you take the personality and take their tune or take their own things from it. But it's the same. It's the same type of system. It's very simple. Success is a choice, and it's very it's very simple. But you have to be willing to put in those reps. And when you start developing a lot more confidence, anything is possible. Anything. I'm, yeah, go Let's ahead. dive into that a little bit. Sure. Um, so what, what have you observed? I, I want to, let's do that first. And I want to come back around to something you said a minute ago, but when you, sure. you're talking to these really successful people and you've observed what they're doing, what do you see that they're doing that is different? They are spending a lot more time in their own thoughts and, and knowing what makes them tick and their own uniqueness. I've studied a lot on, you know, the psychology, biology behind the human brain and how it works. And, and a lot of people that we weren't born with a user manual. <laughs> you know what I mean, we're not, we have to discover what those are. And sometimes the darkest times and the darkest moments in your life, you know, trans, you can transform everything for you. And you're going to have radical transformation in certain areas if you're looking at that in a, with an abundant type of mindset and making that shift in abundant lifestyle. Like I'm grateful for good and bad. You have to be grateful. So when I start picking certain areas of opportunity when I'm having conversations, there's, a, there's what? How many people are in the world today? What it's like seven and a half billion. Something yeah, like yeah that. something like that, right? But there's only so many patterns of human behavior. So when I'm asking questions, I'm not asking questions to hear what they're telling me. It's, that's irrelevant. I'm listening for their true intentions and I'm looking and I'm, I'm trying to identify areas of opportunity for me to ask more questions to get them to realize that that could be something that's holding them back. And I'd even do that with guests when I bring on to the show. I'm asking questions for what they're not telling me and I'm looking for their behaviors, patterns. And I'm also, is it a personality trait? Is it just, maybe I'm asking these set of questions and they're starting to get nervous and I'm starting to notice that and I can sense my, that's where my emotional intelligence kicks in. I've been, I've been built for podcast my whole life. Everything's led me to this moment because that's what I do for a living. I've, all I've ever done was ask questions. I ask more questions. Like the best salespeople in the world are just really good listeners. And they listen for what they're not telling them. I love that. So I want to come back around to something you, you touched on before. You said, um, you said that, that your role is really just to set up all of the people in your companies to win. Yes, 100%. And, and you, it, it sounds like you set yourself up. You freed up your time to be able to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you said that, I thought, well, you know, that's what almost every entrepreneur aspires to is to get to that place where they have sort of the, the freedom to really focus on developing their team and developing their company. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to, 
use the old language, work on your business rather than in it. But yes. I, I think what, what you actually mean is something above that. So I would love, to, I'd love to dive into a little bit of the evolution of, of sure. Chris as, you know, as you kind of grew up in your entrepreneurial journey, how did you get to the place where you were like, okay, I know how to do this. I'm comfortable. These are the activities that I need to do to be able to grow this business and grow my team. That's a really good question. Um, I think it comes from, a lot of it comes from all my experiences I've had in life, especially when I was in the military. I learned how to train the next one up. And me training the next one up was important because you don't know what's going to happen, right? In those times. And you want to make sure that everyone, that's why they train into their eyes, believe in the military, because they want to, they're, they're making it ingrained in their subconscious mind where they have that knowledge, they have that information, and they can pull that information out in a split second. And they probably never even thought of that information. That's how I look at books. That's how I look at gaining more knowledge. I don't read all the books that I have read over the last seven to eight years because I want, I enjoy reading. I'm dyslexic, <laughs> okay? I, I read those because that's essential for my growth, because I don't know when I'm going, to, I'm going to need that knowledge. I don't look just for knowledge. I look for explicit knowledge. I want to know certain information. And I need to know that information to make the important adjustments when it comes to my staff, my training, my directors, the peep contractors. Um, it could be in anything in my business. But what I want to do is I want to put them in a position where they feel like that's their business, if that makes sense. It's difficult when there's a director or something. Like, if this was your business, how would you go about handling it? And that's need any training. When you're need any training, I'm putting them in a position. I want to know how they go about handling things. And I want to see if I can give them some tips and ways for them to grow in their journey. And I even say, like, what do you, like, when I'm, I don't really hire anybody, anybody anymore because I've trained my staff to do that, those things. But overall, I have, you know, it's, you have to develop a culture of change. And because a lot of people in the world, they're, they're scared of change. But I, you have to, this change is where growth is at. It's being adaptable to change at all times. There's, you know, especially right now with this COVID stuff, I've been built for this we've done so well in the last year that we, we overproduced what we were actually setting out for in two, almost said 2012, 2020, because it, we were just, we're ready for online. We've been, I've run my businesses virtually now for the last five years. So we're built for it. We just, the conversation didn't last long with my executive team. It was just like, okay, here's the, here's the things and areas of opportunity and let's double down. So everyone's running for the hills and not investing. I was doubling down on certain things because my staff was equipped and ready to handle those, those situations. Because there, people say, and especially in entrepreneurship or in business, they go, I'm busy. I don't like to use that word at all. If you're busy, you're controlled by outside things. If you're productively busy, that's different. I'm still productive. I'm not controlled by something. I'm, I have the control. So I put my team in a position where they are, they communicate to each other. Like, and I, I do, it's of course, a lot of competitions, giving giveaways, making it fun. I mean, no, if you, <laughs> if they don't enjoy their job, then what do you think is going to happen when they're having conversations with people from the outside? It's not going to be good, is it? 
Well, yeah, that's, gonna be that's the whole point, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's the whole point about putting in the work at the beginning and making sure your foundation is there. Cause you can't build a major corporation off of a faulty foundation. It's, it's impossible. You're going to have too many holes. Then you have, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that get so, I guess, bought in and, and stuck into the daily operations. They have to do everything themselves. Like I can, I can hang it up right now and take a month off and my business will still probably produce more because they don't have me yelling at them. <laughs> right? but it's not about that, but it's the, it's their, their, their growth will be, st- you know, stunt at some point because it, they don't have me as a divisionary and putting them in a position to win. See, I'm five or six steps ahead of the ball game for them. They're not going to, they don't have that way of thinking yet. But that's my role is to put them in the position. I'm like, hey, why do you think I had this in place four months before this happened? And that's how I have those conversations. But I, got, I need to give them the freedom to well, create the environment for them to ask me those situational questions. And that's what it's all about, Steve. You know, as, as you're describing all that and I'm thinking about your military experience, what, what came to mind was the, the role of a, of a CO, a commanding officer. 100%. You know, and... Um, you know, the commanding officer is not the one that's necessarily, you know, getting out and doing all of the functions in the unit, but their whole job is, is to deliver the training and make sure that everybody else is ready to execute mm-hmm. and to look over the horizon and figure out where are the obstacles so that they've already thought about how we're going to overcome them. Right. And then push that, that down. And it's almost like you've, what you've done is you've freed up, your time by building a team to be able to to think deeply about these things, to look over the horizon, and then to focus on that team and develop them. And as a result, everybody grows. Yeah. And if you don't take some time to be alone in your own thoughts and do some market evaluation and seeing some maybe areas of opportunity in the future, then all you're doing is you're setting them up to lose and you're, not, you're just being reactive to the marketplace. You're, 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 you're set up to fail. I mean, look at the economy. I mean, you have to put things in, in, in a position where you haven't, you know, your, your go-tos of what your business is all about and what makes your company great. What makes my company great is it, it continues to keep growing and it, it's adaptable to change and adaptable to what's going on in the world today has nothing to do with how great our products or services. When, as we're having this conversation right now, the world's evolving as we're speaking and it's changing. But are you, I'm not saying I'm not going to read a bunch of books or reading a bunch of things of what's happening. I don't pay attention to a lot of the media sources out there because it's not, the news isn't telling me anything. I didn't know I need to put my finger on a pulse, like what's actually happening. So the moment I, I, I don't have fun anymore and my staff doesn't have fun, we do something else. And that's where I continue to keep evolving and growing in business and I keep doing different things. And but someone asked me in an interview the other day, we're like, it's amazing to me that how much success you've had in, in all these other industries. And I was like, well, it's the same, it's the same format. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I go, it's the same system. I just go about handling it different by, you know, whatever that program product service or good is, or it could be just by the industry or what the marketplace. So if you're focusing on how can I always increase the overall experiences of your buyers and future buyers, customers turning them into lifelong clients and raving fans, then you're always going to win. But you need to know your demographic. People are trying to sell to everybody right now. 
but you can't sell to everybody if you're whatever that program product service is. You need to make sure you're getting to the right one. And that's all about asking the right questions. And it always goes back to that piece. I love that. I love that. We could probably go on for hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's late where you are. And I'd love to keep you for hours, but I, I don't think that'd be great on the Friday that we're we're uh, interviewing or recording this. Um, before we, we run out of time, um, I would love for you to share... Uh, a little bit about how you help people, you know, what, what you're sure. doing with uh, Winjack Studios and, and definitely I want to point people to, uh, to the podcast as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, it all comes back to my why behind everything that I do. When I've had, a, you know, granted, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful to have the success that I've had, especially even just with the podcast. I started seeing areas of opportunity and I I've always led with trying to serve rather than trying to sell or trying to make money or trying to make it, you know, in that area and having success. Success is done by impact. It's those who can figure out how to make an impact with the right people to make collective impact. That's important. So that's how I look at the community that I'm trying to build right now, which we've had the first 50 shows are launching and it's only like kind of like beta testing. The only close relationships that podcasters that we have to make it part of community and make sure that we have that solid foundation. We've already had interest from like 300 to 500 shows by maybe March and then going into April, even by Q3 should have around like a thousand to 1500 shows. That's what we're aiming for. But I think the biggest network out there only has like 200 and something shows. So that kind of gives you a little bit more context. You're listening to context behind it. Like I'm built for the long run. But that foundation's been built. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a community for them to come to and having different departments and different things of resources. There's been a lot of, I mean, my growth journey has been crazy and I'm so blessed, but I've met some great phenomenal entrepreneurs and connections. They don't have these connections. I was reading a quote by, I think, I don't know, I can't remember who it was. It was talking about being a trailblazer. That's what, that's how I look at what I've done in this type of game because of different industries uh, because I've always developed more relationships rather than anything else. Like people that come onto the show or I'm going on other shows. I look at them as a lifelong friend and a connection. Like how could I, and I always say like, Steve, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Is there anything that you see or maybe think about this and reflect back on it and say, I could use Chris's advice in this area or someone that I've introduced or someone I've interviewed or someone I've had on my network. How can I get on their show? How can, that's how I, I lean in with that. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I be a service to you? But if you're not the person, if even if I get them on the phone and I was making phone calls, it feels like lifetime ago, we had a brief conversation before we hit record on this. feels like when they go, oh my God, you're a sales guy. <laughs> like I haven't been in sales for, for a long time, like making dials. But when I was in sales, I understood the next the person that was on the other end of that phone, they're just, just like me. But if I'm calling them and they're not the person I need to speak to, but like, can you point me in the right direction of who I do need to speak to? That was my, one of my first questions. Because I'm not trying to sell to someone that doesn't want it. Like I, if, if I have to convince you to do something, then it's not, it's not the right thing for you. Yeah, and that's where a lot of, see a lot of salespeople, they just fail and fail and fail. They think they know what they're doing. They have no idea. Well, I think a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake too, even in the way that they set up their business. I, you know, we work with a lot of professionals and yes. professionals go and they get lots of edu- education. They're expert at what they do. 
And then they go out in the world and they see people who are doing things that don't fit the way that they were trained. And they go, oh, wait, 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 no, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, th- what they fail to sometimes understand is that uh, that person's doing it the way they want to do it because it's not important enough to invest any more time, energy, or money in doing it the professional's way. Just do it, yeah. do it the way that gets things done. Yeah, absolutely. Do it the way it gets things done. I mean, someone's like, well, I wasn't in a training manual. Like any, everything I learned in the military wasn't in boot camp. <laughs> and nothing to do. Boot camp was the purpose behind boot camp was to shed all the layers and give you a foundation and break you down to almost nothing to build you back up. No matter where you come from and military, you can learn a lot from the military and the way that they actually train and, and go about handling their business. That's a really good model in entrepreneurship, is it not? And in business, they've been around for a very, very, very long time. So I took that same system and that same format. I said, there's got to be a, a, a method behind the madness of this. But of course, I don't yell at people when they get off a bus or they go to <laughs> the business. But I do go about handling certain things in that type of format. So when you talk about training, Training always has to change. I don't care if you have learned this in a book. The things that I, what makes me great at what I do, I didn't learn in a book. That comes from my true gifts. And, and that's just it. what makes me great. But it makes me not to sound a certain pompous or, or sound a certain way. I know how to work me, this unit. But going about handling what I do for a living, I can't go to your, your role right now, Steve, and do your job better than you. It would take me months. But I would, I would break it down, reverse engineer it. But that's the whole thing. If I'm forced to do something, I'm going to do 100% up to that, up to that level, and I'm going to win eventually because I'm playing an infinite game. I'm not playing a finite game. I'm playing an infinite game. As long as I have these resources available, I'm going to make it happen because I'm going to go after it. Yeah, and, and that's, to me, that's the, that's the whole game of business right there, like right in that statement. And, and I think people get so wrapped up in – you know, they, they feel like they failed, but the game, you know, the game Keep doesn't going. end. Yeah. Game to, and, and I've been, you know, I've been in a business that, that didn't make it and mm-hmm. started over. The game never ends. You just right. get another turn. I had a, I had an opportunity to go back to the trade school industry. And then I went back to try to go BB, you know, B2C, then B2B again. And I made, <laughs> Yeah, I was setting up contract just because I built a name in the in the community and built a name in the industry. And then they wanted me to do the, I guess, my company to do the sales for them and getting a piece of upright and certain percentages. I wasn't doing the sales, but the, my team was. And I and then I just didn't believe in their own product, service, and good because I've already built programs now, so I can control those moving parts. So I've already was been exposed to the other way of thinking and building out stuff to where I can, where my team can really make an impact. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> my heart wasn't in it. If I would have kept going and not making that right adjustment, Steve, that business would have failed eventually because my, my heart wasn't in it. If my heart's not in it, and if you're the leader, then that's a problem. That's a you problem. Because you got you to make the proper adjustments and being alone in your own thoughts to understand the, you know, what you need to do in a certain moments and are you aligned and with your own core values and what you really want in your values in life. If you're not, then you're going to fail in entrepreneurship and you're going to fail by somebody else that maybe has you on a pedestal and looking at your results. And I'm like, I got to get to this number, but it's not about getting to that number. It's about blowing past it. It's doing it, taking it to another level. 
Like, how can you take it to another level? And that's the right question to ask yourself as a CEO. How can, how can what I do today make an impact just to make a needle move just a little bit? But what's the compound effect from that movement? And that's how, that's how winning is done. Absolutely. And it's, it's almost always an inner game. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I mean, like so, systems can change and you can, you can get products and services or you can get a system, a software. You can get all these other things, hire more people. You can do all these things. This is easy. But that's the whole thing. Money and capital makes things easy. But if I'm not producing revenue in my businesses, well, I, don't have, I don't have the budget to be able to outsource. So guess what we have to do? We have to do it internally. Do I have the right people there to be able to do that? Like having all these systems and everything to make the system like really phenomenal. These are all luxuries, but can I do that with my staff by itself? What if the system falls off? What if that company falls off the contract? I can't control that. Can I, but what can I control me? I can control my direction and my staff I can control the training put them in a position to win. And that's where it all goes back to. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chris, this has been awesome. So where can people find out more about you? What's the website? Give everybody that. I sure. want to make sure they, they go there. Um, easiest place is, is pretty much a home spot for the personal brand. It's chrisrossofficial.com. Um, it's pretty has everything that you would probably potentially need, even the link from this show when you do post this. And I really do appreciate your time. I've obviously, have, especially even being kind enough to ask me to come on your show. Um, next thing, just go to the win-win effect and just, I just always push people to go to that and listen to the show to get to know more about me and, and journey and the guests that we have coming on. We've met some, I've met some phenomenal people that I'm just blessed to have a conversation with. Um, next thing is winject W I N, um, J E C T, um, dot com. That's winject. So it's a whole methodology behind what I do is winject injecting a company. Um, and that's where you can find the podcast, more about the podcast network and whatnot. I love it. I love it. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Thank you for investing some time with me on a, a Friday a evening for you. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. And you have a phenomenal weekend. Don't do anything I would do and just go focus on how you can make a collective impact with your staff and you're ready to rock and roll. Thanks guys. I appreciate you turning in all the way to the end. Appreciate you, Steve. Thanks. 